0: All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the FearCast. This is the podcast dedicated to OCD, anxiety and anxiety spectrum disorders and Getting your life back. I'm your host, Kevin Foss. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining me for the podcast. Um, I'm going to be releasing this one a little bit early. I figured I'm going to try to release this one on the 24th. Um, well, the 24th in America. So, everyone else uh, who's a day ahead, um, Merry Christmas! Here's a podcast episode. Um, but either way, um, I hope everybody is doing well. Um, I'm recording this on the Friday before uh, Christmas. So, Um, I've got a couple more sessions today, and then we're shutting it down until the end of the new or until the new year. This was the the beginning and the end of the new year, all the way through until that first. It's it's crazy. I usually don't take time off. And the missus says, hey, guess what? You're taking time off from Christmas to New Year. And I go, I guess I am. So I am. And you know what? We're going to try to make the best of it. I hope you guys are finding out or finding something to do with yourself, something enjoyable, something peaceful, something exciting, something enjoy, uh, in, something that you will enjoy, and you have people that you will be doing it with. Um, I, I, I guess, suppose I don't, well, I, I suppose I probably have another episode in the, in between now and then, but um, if I don't, I'll say this here. I love doing this podcast. I love having the opportunity to be able to uh, uh, be a part of you all in your recovery to have um, any sort of role any sort of uh, uh, words of encouragement that I can offer uh, to you out there who are, are are needing a little bit of help a little bit of direction, a little bit of grounding um, or just some other ideas on what you can do to move yourself forward uh, in, in your life. Uh, that was the purpose of the podcast from day one it's, con- it's continuing on with that and I just uh, am, am deeply appreciative of everybody who's listen to the podcast and uh, everyone who's been brave enough to send me a question, um, and today is it uh, is no different in that. So uh, today I have an audio question from a listener. Her name is C. So I will play that here shortly. And uh, she sent that over uh, at at inst- uh, to over via Instagram. Uh, I am Fearcast podcast over there. You can send a question to me over there. But um, I'll just play the question here, uh, and we'll go over it. The the the, the main focus is going to be about SO OCD. a little bit of panic. A little bit of how to deal with. Or, or, or how to deal with some triggers and how to how to communicate that effectively so let's get into the question here and then i'll i'll, I'll talk about uh, some some ideas for it
1: hi kevin i struggle with sexual orientation ocd and magical thinking ocd uh, my socd was triggered by an emdr session involving a childhood trauma a few years ago Um, I've always identified as straight, but I obsess over whether or not I'm living my true sexuality and ruminate a lot over past sexual and relational experiences and what they might reveal about me. I also see a lot of things my OCD will identify as signs. I must be gay and have a fear that I'll have a sudden spiritual experience making me realize I'm not straight. My question involves SOCD. When I'm going through a spike, I become overwhelmed with an urge to tell people that I'm close to, that I think I might be gay. So usually when it's on the verge of a panic attack and I want someone to know that I'm struggling and I want support, um, I haven't heard much in the media about this urge to confess or share during an episode. Um, What would be a good way for me to deal with this? and could it not be a good time to let my loved ones know that I'm panicking? (laughs) I worry that if I say I'm having a panic attack, they'll ask why and I don't think my OCD will be understood because it hasn't been understood in the past even by some therapists, um, which means sharing won't really help my situation. I value being authentic and my true self and keeping it in all the time when it's all I ever think about feels like I'm keeping some type of secret. Any tips on either of my OCD themes would be super appreciated. And thank you so much for your podcast.
0: All right. See, thank you so much for that question. Um, So as I mentioned before, audio questions do get kicked up to the top of the list. So today's Friday, she sent this to me on Tuesday. So this one's super fresh, but um, if you have a question, you can again, go over to Instagram and ask me a question there. Um, uh, Man, I'm, I'm going to try to push the the, the part where I talked about how to send a question to the very end of the episode. I don't know. why I'm announcing it here, um, just making it official and formal. Anyways, C. This is about you now. Let's talk about C. All right. So, so C. You have a, you, you 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 shared a couple of. Um, a couple of questions. There are a couple of things that really jumped out to me. You said you you, you asked me to talk about kind of the, the two points or two uh, manifestations um, that you were talking about. So SOOCD and magical thinking. Um, the magical thinking I didn't quite hear as much in, but I'm kind of extrapolating a little bit out of that. So a lot of it is going to be in relation to the SOOCD and how to manage some of this. So I certainly hope that you are working with a therapist on this or have uh, someone in your life that you can talk to about this and, and kind of work through some of these uh, finer points. Um, but, uh, well, I, I suppose you did say that you were, you were seeing an EMDR clinician. So I don't know if you're continuing to see them. Ultimately, ultimately doesn't matter. So let's kind of give some ideas. So the, the, the first thing that really jumped out. Is um, you said you're you're kind of worried, or one of the main things or themes that you're worried about with so OCD is like, oh my gosh, what happens? What happens if someday in the future your OCD points out something that that um, makes it clear, makes it evident? You, you you called it. You're gonna have a spiritual awakening, um, and you're gonna realize that you're gay one day. Um, well, as as with as with every thought. It's with every quote O C D thought, right? I know it's that that argument about is this an is this an O C D thought, is this a regular thought? Well, at, at the end of the day they're all thoughts. They're all thoughts. They're all questions and considerations. The real question I think is are, are you engaging with it in a manner that is consistent with the OCD cycle. So again, there are these internal external triggers that lead into these obsessive thoughts, the obsessive thought is going to be what if blank or if blank, then blank, and it can be a lot of manifestations of that. Um, And uh, it can also be called the obsessive doubt. It's It's this question that you've had, you've tried to answer it, you tried to answer it. And you still don't believe it. And OCD pulls you back in. So you are doubting something that you've already looked into and already tried to get an answer to and you doubt the answer and etc. So you back to the start. That's where that rumination comes in. So you have the obsessive doubt leads into this anxiety, or panic or anxiety or, or worry, or sadness or emptiness or, or, you know, this unwanted feeling state. And to try to make sure that that story doesn't happen the way that you are hearing it, or to try to just get rid of that feeling and to get back to a sense of Comfort and stability and safety. Again, you do some type of compulsion. Compulsions can often be avoidances, it can be rumination, it can be rituals. Um, uh, pretty much anything can be a compulsion, but it's something that you do internally. Or externally to try to eliminate anxiety and to feel better and certain. When you do that, oftentimes you do feel better. Compulsions work for a period of time and then they don't. And that's what kicks you back into the cycle because now your brain goes, oh, I felt better when I felt bad. So whenever I feel bad again, I know what to do to feel good again. And it's this thing. And that thing, starts having diminishing returns. And your brain will always then come up with a, well, I mean, are you sure? And you've kind of done this. So to, to, to one thing, whenever we get a thought, if it's a weird thought, I mean, if there's a question that we have, I think the average person would briefly consider it. Well, am I, am I not? Well, yes or no, right? With whatever that question is. But is anxiety pulling you in To this never-ending loop of "yeah, buts," or "are you sure?" or "dig deeper," or maybe "what about this other thing?" Right, and it never quite clicks with that answer and as for quite feels right that's what's pulling you into it so what you're kind of talking about what you've been talking about here is that you're you're you've been going through the cycle and ruminating you said you're going back in the past and thinking about past events did this event uh, you know did my interaction with this person have anything you know did i feel something at that time maybe that maybe that shows me that i could be gay or will be gay or might be gay or want to be gay Ultimately, that, those are going to be internal compulsions, mental compulsions. And I've done a whole episode on mental compulsions that you can go check out. Um, and um, I, I also have a, I have a whole article on the website that um, uh, you can check out. I'll, I'll link that article on mental compulsions to the episode page here if you're interested in reading more about it. The idea behind that is is ultimately just being able to catch yourself in, in a pattern. If you start seeing yourself getting into a mental compulsion pattern... Call yourself out and then do that sharp left turn out of that and practice accepting the uncertainty. And that's ultimately what we're kind of getting at here is accepting that, you know, you don't really know, right? But I also want to know, like, I would want to know, what are you needing to know? Why do you need to know the answer to this? What are you hoping it's going to save you from? What are you hoping... Um, or or, or what, what, what do you think that you're going to have to endure if you were to actually get there? How is it that your life is going to change? And oftentimes, that fear can be the kind of that existential consequence, right? That existential outcome of like, oh, no, um, if this thing were to change in my life, if this thing were to change about me, or if I were to then discover it, right, it's, you know, something is maybe I don't truly know who I am, what I'm about, and then my life is going to make this big old like left turn. And then I'm going to have to deal with something. (gasps) Oh, no, right? So you've thought about it, you've considered it, you looked at the options, and it doesn't quite sit, it doesn't quite resonate with you. So we have to accept that you don't know, right? It's not a clear answer. And that is where OCD hates you to be. It's going to try to shove you into a yes or shove you into a no. But if you're at this place of, I don't know, great then can you sit with this unknowing? Can you let it go of trying to solve the answer and say, well, I I don't have a confirmed yes, so can you see, go out and live your life as you've intended it to be, right? You said for your entire life you've identified as heterosexual. Great, go live it. And acknowledge that existential possibility. Maybe one day, I will have my spiritual awakening and everything will come crumbling. Well, not I say this, everything will come crumbling to the ground. Oh no. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Now is the best time in history to be gay. So if it were to happen, you know what? I mean, things are pretty things are pretty good. But that being said, if it were to happen, you'll figure it out. You'll figure out what to do and how to deal with it and who you'll have to talk to and what sort of things you'll have to repair. But that's down the line, if and when that were to ever happen, right? So you have a choice. You can continue to give into the OCD and kind of fight against this uncertainty feeling, right? That feeling of like, it doesn't feel quite right. I'm not getting in my firm answer. So you can capitulate to that feeling. And and try to go back into the fight, to the figure out, to the ruminate, to the mental review, the history review, the the uh, extrapolation into, the f- excuse me, extrapolation into the future, and drive yourself nuts in the process. Um, but you're going to drive yourself nuts in the present over something that may or may not ever happen, right? So it'd be different. It'd be different if some Oracle came and said, hey, see, so hear me out. In... Three years. In three years, you're going to have this spiritual awakening, um, and uh, well, I'll say instead of spiritual awakening, it's going to be the sexual awakening, and you're going to discover that you are indeed, truly, fully, actually, factually gay. So, just letting you know. But that's coming now. If that oracle comes to you and says that, well, that's that's a that's a different story, right? But that oracle didn't happen. We're left with this uncertainty. We don't know. So. It's to say, I don't know if it's going to happen. However, I'm going to live my, can you have the willingness to live your life? Maybe as if it's not going to happen. And maybe as if you're not going to get the answer. But if you were to live your life as if it, let's say it were never going to happen. See, what would you do differently? What would your life look like? How would you live it differently? How would you, who would you talk to? How would you act? How would you spend your thought time? Right? You probably wouldn't do a whole bunch of compulsions. And that's the idea of the uncertainty. You know, it's kind of like, I don't know if I'm going to get cancer. Me, Kevin, I don't know if I'm going to get cancer. Now, I'll say this, I hope I don't, um, but I, I don't know. But is it worth it right now to live my life in stress that it may happen or to live my life as I'm intending to? And if and when I get a diagnosis, well, then I'll deal with it. But until then, there's nothing to do. Now I know there's a lot of other things you can do about that, a lot of other practices of acceptance. But I also want to address some of the other things you, you talked about. So you talked about, you know, what do you do when you're when you're spiked with anxiety, right? You talked about, um, you know, you you, um, you 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 like you want to tell people, you don't want to tell people. So first off, it is a obvious. I hope it's an obvious compulsion to tell people or to to give into that urge to tell people that you're gay in the middle of a spike, right? So, because I don't know what it is that you're hoping to get. Are you hoping that uh, other people are going to say, no, 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 you're okay. No, 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 it's just anxiety. No, 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 you're totally not gay, right? Are you looking for that reassurance, right? I think this is a, a really good time for you to consider what kind of role do you want people to have in your life in relation to anxiety, now I've talked a little bit about the role uh, people and family members, loved ones, et cetera, can take in the face of, of um, or alongside of you as you are working through OCD. What are those things to consider? Is like, what kind of role do you want them to have? What do you do? You, what do you want them to say? What do you not want them to say? Right? Because you could certainly say in the middle of a of a spike, you know, I'm feeling a little anxious, right? But again, what are, what are you wanting out of that? Are you just needing a little bit of support? Um, do you want someone to say, hey, you know what? Um, uh, you, th- this and this tool worked to see for you last time. Um, try to go do those things. Are you looking for someone to say, see, you got this. You can overcome this anxiety and you can get through this spike. You got this, right? Do you want them to say, hey, see, what would your therapist say? What would your therapist have you do right now? Or do you want this person just to say nothing? Right? Now, so confessing that you're gay, telling people you're gay in the middle of a spike is a compulsion because it's you're, you're saying it's not quite accurate. So, that's what OCD wants you to do, to say, to say, all right, you're having this panic attack. Tell other people you're gay. Just out yourself. That will make all the pain go away. It's a compulsion. So, But instead, what is it that you're wanting out of trying to tell other people? To that end, you also said, well, if I tell other people, other people just may simply not understand. And you're right, maybe some people won't understand, but also maybe that's not the point of it. Maybe that's not what you're trying to get out of it. Are you looking for understanding? Are you looking for reassurances? You mentioned, you said, uh, uh, sharing won't really help my situation. But what is it that you're wanting out of that situation? Are you wanting reassurance? Are you wanting someone to do something, to say something, to take the anxiety away? What will help in the middle of a panic attack, what will help in the middle of that spike is time, acceptance, and re-engagement, right? And it's this spike of anxiety is there because your amygdala has, has received a thought, has has is freaked out. It is triggered by something. And what it's doing is it's spitting out all this anxiety into your system. And then you are left to figure out what to do with it. That feeling is going to go away. Your sympathetic nervous system will kick in and it will slow the jets. It will calm things down. And that spike will eventually pass because it always has, right? So time, acceptance, accepting that right now, You've got a a load of thoughts running through your brain. You've got these feelings in your body. Um, You've got this urgency to tell people something that doesn't quite feel right, doesn't quite feel like, like it's you, right? So... We can accept that there is this feeling. Accept that there are these thoughts. Accept that this pattern is there that you've experienced, right? That there's been this whole history of thoughts and rumination you've gone through that has led you led you to no definitive answer. So you're in this state of saying, "I, I still don't know," but we're going to accept that. Yeah, this feeling is there. Accept that there is this sense of unknowing. And accept, and accept and acknowledge that you've gotten through it as well. So lastly, it's that re-engagement. So it's a re-engagement outward in the middle of a panic attack. If you're genuinely feeling that panic attack, um, going inward, it, it, it probably won't be very helpful. It's just not very, I mean, you are already very inward with that. So instead, it's a re-engagement outward. Despite the feeling, what can you do? Can you talk to? What can you engage with? Can you go for that walk? Can you turn on the TV? Can you uh, send out some emails? Can you read a book? Right? What could you do in those moments of panic? That would be effective for you to help you try to get lost in something else, try to get distracted by something else. And this isn't a suppression of the thought. This isn't a capitulation or a a, um, try to satisfy the thought itself. What we're doing is we're not answering the question about your sexuality. That is the trap of OCD to answer the question about sexuality. It's not about that. It's about that feeling that you get. You've tried to answer the question about sexuality a thousand times. And how's that worked for you? I'm going to go with probably bad. So we're going to shift over and say, this is a feeling. This is about the feeling that I'm getting. My brain is going bonkers and is is reacting to this thought excessively and inappropriately. So instead of giving into the thought pattern that has beat me up a thousand times before, instead, I'm going to shift right? So you, you also said, well, I don't know what to tell people. I want to be authentic. I want to be me, right? So see, this is your news to tell. And you said you want to be authentic. You will be authentically you with whatever information you share. You're right. If you were to say, hey, cousin, I'm really freaked out. You're at the Christmas party, you're freaking out, because all of a sudden you get these these um, sexual orientation doubts coming through your mind, your body is on fire, your chest is tightening up, you have uh, thoughts flying through your brain a mile a minute. And you you're you're trying to figure out what to do with yourself. If you were to say, "Hey cousin, so I'm a little, I'm a little, um, I'm a little on edge right now because ugh, I'm just going through this thing where I'm, I'm really worried that I'm gay. I don't think I am, but what if I am? Then what will happen? I'll have to break up with this person, and then I'll have to like change everything. I'll have to move to San Francisco, and I don't really want to do that. And it, like, your cousin may just not quite know what to do with all that information. So. You don't have to share everything. It is still authentic to share that you're anxious or that you are a little stressed, right? And stress and anxiety is different, but people don't really care. People don't really care for the matter. So it's, it's your story to tell. Um, I've gotten into this pattern. You know, when people say like, Hey, how are you doing? And you go, I'm fine. Right? Sometimes we're not. Sometimes I'm not. Right? So I have made it a pattern lately, or made it a habit rather, of trying to be honest. I know that sounds crazy to say. I'm going to be honest, but I'm going to be honest about how I'm feeling. Now, the other person doesn't need a, 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 a is trauma dump the right word? They don't need everything that's going on in my life. They don't need to know the depths of the anxiety or the stress or the depression or the nonsense that's going on for me at that moment, because guess what, everybody? Therapists are people, too. And we got stuff, too. But um, when I'm feeling stressed, someone says, how you doing? I'll say... You know, things are tough right now, but I'm getting through it. Or, you know, not great, but here I am, right? Now, for me, that feels authentic. It feels authentic to be truthful, to say, you know, things are a little rough right now. It doesn't mean that I'm asking for them to tell me it's going to be okay, or that I need them to try to fix it, because they can't fix it. They probably can't fix it. Um but oftentimes what they say is, hey, man, that sucks. And yeah, it does suck. But that's, for me, what I need in, the, in those moments. But again, for you, see, you can consider what you want to be, what you want to tell people. So you could tell people, and it can, be, it can be simple. I'm a little stressed. It can be simple. I'm a little anxious, right? It can go whatever you want. Hey, see, how are you doing? You know, or when, when you're anxious, you can say, I'm a little triggered right now. I'm a little anxious right now. I'm a little revved up right now. I'm spiked right now. You can say, it's all aboard the anxiety train. You can say, NASA has said all systems are a go. You can say, Aslan is on the move. You can say whatever you want. And that is the information that they're going to get. So, you also shared, though, withholding information makes you feel like you're being inauthentic. So, what are you afraid of if you don't say Everything. So you, you say, you said it feels like you're keeping a secret. Well, to a certain degree, so what? It's your Information to tell that you are withholding from that person because they ultimately don't need to know. Does it trigger that sense of guilt? Does it trigger a sense of hyper responsibility? Does it trigger a sense of of um like a, a, a scrupulous moral component, like I'm lying to this person and being disingenuous? Right? If it does that is a really important thing to point out to yourself that you're you're that that sense is also being hijacked by an inappropriate and 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 misattributed level of guilt so it is your story to tell with however much or however little you want to share and they don't that person probably doesn't need to know all of that not need to know they might not have, they may not have earned that information. They might not, um, they might, deserve, might, not, might not deserve that amount of information for whatever reason. Again, we've talked about that on previous episodes. But when that feeling shows up that I'm, I'm withholding something, point that out, accept, acknowledge, yeah, that thought is there. But remind yourself, it's my story to tell. Now that's not saying that you are withholding, that you are keeping a secret and are doing something bad and are, are therefore gonna be punished in some sort of cosmic, uh, cosmic OCD-related way. What it does mean is, yeah, I'm not saying everything and that's all I'm gonna say. So you're gonna say, yeah, brain, I see that thought, I see the worry, and this is all I'm gonna say, period. And notice that feeling of anxiety, that tension, that worry is going to be there. You're going to have questions. You're going to have that urge. But remember, that's all part of the process. But you are running your show and you are running your race. And eventually, just like all the other stuff, that feeling is going to go away too. That anxiety is going to pass because it always has and always will. And it feels uncomfortable. But that feeling is going to go away and you're going to get back to your baseline. And then anxiety is going to spike up again. But the point is, again... Are you C, able to ride the waves of that anxiety rather than giving into a compulsion to try to control the anxiety? Because I'll tell you, I'm willing to bet your effort to control your anxiety through compulsion has been fruitless. So doing something different about it, doing something uh, uh, doing something risky, it feels like. But take the risk be authentically you. You could say, you know, I'm, I'm kind of stressed right now. I'm feeling a little anxious, right? And take care of yourself. Be compassionate towards you in the face of that anxiety and that stress and that maybe panic attack. What is it that you could do that's going to be caring for you? Does it mean going and sitting down? Does it mean going and talking to somebody? Does it mean um, going on Reddit and just kind of disconnecting for a little bit before you come back? Does it mean intentionally connecting to other people that are there at a party or there, um, you know, across the world, calling a friend, right? What is it that you can do in that moment that will help you to resist the compulsive rumination, compulsively getting into? this guilt about whether or not you're doing something wrong by telling people. Getting doing something wrong by not telling people enough. Right? This oh man. OCD trying to trap you into the telling telling too much or not telling enough. Ugh instead this is a feeling this is going to pass and you get to decide what you're going to say. So if you haven't looked it up before, look up the bus metaphor from ACT. There's a ton of videos online. You can watch that. Um, That might be really helpful for you in terms of envisioning what you can do and what you can say and what anxiety or in the face of anxiety that's going to try to really control what you do and say. So see I'm going to leave it here hopefully this wasn't too um uh um, verbose or too um rambly I tend to do that y'all know that so um so I'll just leave it here everybody so um So if you have a question that you would like me to discuss in a future episode, go over to fearcastpodcast.com. You can send me a question by clicking on the submit a question link, or you can go over to Instagram and you can send me an audio question over there. Um, I am Fearcast Podcast over at Instagram. Send me an audio question just by sending me a DM, clicking on the microphone button in the little box. What C and I discovered, and we had an an interaction about this, is uh, I was always under the impression that there was a minute long limit on those questions uh we've discovered that that has changed um she recorded for a minute and then realized it wasn't stopping her so she went uh i guess i'll keep going i've edited out that little bit um but uh it's it it it, it, for her it went uh two and a half minutes or something like that so i don't know the algorithm's changing but um i i don't know what it will be like for you But go over and send me an audio question there. Again, audio questions get sent to the top of the list. You can also, of course, send me a text question via the website, fearcastpodcast.com. Please remember that the FearCast is not a substitute for psychotherapy. If you need a little bit of help in your recovery, go over to fearcastpodcast.com. Click on the submit a question, or excuse me. Uh, this is what happens when your brain just starts uh, playing the tape. If you need a little bit of help, go over to <laughs> fearcastpodcast.com and click on the find help link, and there's going to be some information for you there. Uh, my brain is already on vacation mode. I don't know about I tell. So uh, until next time, everybody, take a risk, challenge yourself, and don't take your brain too seriously. Bye.